0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com/slash/slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to SlashFilm Daily for Friday, October 18th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by SlashFilm weekend editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writers Y Bowie
1: Hey, everyone.
0: And Chris Evangelista.
2: Hello folks.
0: Alright guys, welcome. It's Friday, this is the last episode of the week, so let's just dive right in with some breaking news. This happened right before we pushed record. Chris, what is the latest with the cast of Venom 2?
2: Uh, Naomi Harris, who is in uh, Skyfall and Moonlight and several other films, is um, apparently ready to let the devil in by joining Venom 2 as Shriek, who in the comics is uh, Carnage's girlfriend, but... I don't know if they're going to do that for the movie because I have a hard time believing that Woody Harrelson and Naomi Harris would be a couple, but maybe you never know. Uh, (laughs) So that's really all we know at the moment. She's in talk. She hasn't officially joined yet, but she's likely to join. And yeah, Venom 2, Shriek. She has the power to manipulate sound. So get ready for that, America.
0: (laughs) So you mentioned like the sort of bizarre pairing of Naomi Harris and Woody Harrelson. And that was the first thing I thought of here. Like I just in no world can I imagine those two not even like romantically linked, but just like as friends who occupy the same room at any given moment. Like it just that's such strange casting. If indeed that is, you know, if they're going to stick with the uh, the comics lore there um brad or HD, do you guys have any thoughts on this
1: yeah it's a pairing that i never expected to be in the same room together much less playing a romantic couple so i have no idea what to expect here i think no naomi harris is immensely talented though so good on her for getting a big role in which she'll be able to not be hidden behind pounds makeup
0: yeah that's true um chris were you gonna say something?
2: I just I was gonna say, I do, I hope they keep the romantic thing. I hope there's a scene where they're kissing and she runs her hands through his wig and his wig <laughs> falls off. And that's how like <laughs> like it just like the, literally the wig just comes off in her hands while they're making out, and that's how they get rid of the wig. It's like the first scene in the movie.
0: Oh, man, that would be kind of an incredible uh, way to retcon what, from all accounts, is a really terrible decision in the the post-credits or, or final scenes of, of the first Venom. So, um, yeah, that would be pretty amazing. I, I mean, I like Naomi Harris a lot, too, although she was in Rampage, which was, I don't know, did any of you see Rampage? I don't remember if we I, talked about this in the water cooler. Or not.
1: I did. God, I saw I it on the plane. That movie
0: was so bad like and and she yeah. was she had nothing to do in it it's not like she was like notably terrible in it or anything but uh, I don't know the idea of her you know stepping into a blockbuster is not automatically a great thing she was great in in Skyfall and and um you know she has been very good in the Bond movies but like uh man, Rampage is just an example of how terrible it can go when Naomi Harris joins a, a blockbuster I mean I don't know like I said she i do not She's great in the
1: Pirates movies
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I for, I keep forgetting that she's in those. I need to revisit those, because I think, especially the sequels, I've only seen, I think, once. I, I rewatched the first one occasionally, because I feel like that one's the best that's
2: one. That's okay. But. You do not need to revisit the sequels, I promise
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> the, only one that, the only one that's kind of worth it is A Dead Man's Chest, and that's merely because of uh, Bill Knight oh yeah that's right that's right uh all right so we're in
0: october guys we're we're approaching halloween so let's talk about some spooky news ht movie pass is now a zombie that's rising from the grave what's going on
1: (laughs) it's not being resurrected but it's Uh, credit card charges are. (laughs) According to reports from former MoviePass users, they are getting spectral credit card charges from the zombified remains of MoviePass. Basically, these uh, MoviePass users are being charged for uh, unknown reasons, uh, despite MoviePass having been officially shut down in September. There was some... News that uh, MoviePass might be resurrected, might be bought up again, but nothing has been confirmed in that area. And it seems like this is just a mistake or just um, bad business practices on MoviePass's part in which several users have seen uh, charges for their monthly membership that they had canceled, unknown fees of $5.64, and um, basically just... Charges that were done after they announced their um, termination in September.
0: Uh, Aishi, I'm just so baffled by this because, a- I mean, uh, uh, MoviePass has just never done anything remotely questionable before. <laughs> so I, I can't believe that as a essentially a shutdown company, they would be charging people's credit cards for no apparent reason. That just seems so out of character for them.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's kind of amazing that movie pass even after it's dead is continuing to be plagued by scandals because they just it's honestly a feat i'm a little bit impressed
0: yeah it really is impressive at this point like i'm i'm no longer mad at them i'm just in awe of the of movie pass and how they continue to screw up at every possible opportunity um have you guys checked your uh bank statements to see if this affected you at all
3: I did, but I had uh, I I didn't have anything. But I also canceled a while back before they went under. So they would they would have to really be monsters to charge me at this point. Yeah, I think the the Hollywood
0: Reporter, or maybe it was i uh, I'm sorry, it was the New York Post, I think, that wrote about this. Um, and and they mentioned that somebody canceled like in January, and it was yeah. still <laughs> they were their account was still, um, you know, being plagued and, and messed with here. So. Uh, yeah if anyway if you're listening and you were a f- former MoviePass customer, just this is, you know, consider this a a public service announcement to check your statements and and make sure that you're not being uh, zombified there as well. So um, let's move on to our our next item, which is uh, Robert Pattinson, who's playing Batman in Matt Reeves' upcoming movie, The Batman, gave an interview recently. He's in a new movie called The Lighthouse, and he's sort of making the press rounds for that. Um, Chris, what did he say about the Batman or, or, or about playing Batman in this new interview?
2: right um i think it's worth uh adding the the disclaimer here that this is what robert pattinson thinks of batman as a character it's not necessarily what his batman is going to be but this is how he interprets it and um i'm not going to read the full quote because i i just hate doing that because it's someone else's quote but basically he boils it down to saying that he doesn't really see batman as a heroic character and he sees him as someone who's morality is sort of like gray and sort of a little bit off and that's fairly interesting. I mean, I, I don't think he's entirely wrong there. I mean, most of the comics have, have portrayed Batman in this sort of like dark gray light, but I I think it does sort of suggest that if you were hoping for, some sort of like super heroic Batman in this new Batman movie, you're probably not going to get that. You're probably going to get some sort of morally conflicted Batman when, whenever we, we see Robert Pattinson's take on the character.
0: Yeah, I I just like the idea of somebody who saw that Pattinson was cast and was hoping for like an Adam West style Batman performance from him because that would be um, pretty incredible. But yeah, he mentions, he says, Batman's not a hero. He's a complicated character. I don't think I could ever play a real hero. There's always got to be something a little bit wrong. So that sort of like the way that he describes that character reminds me a little bit of like Michael Keaton's interpretation where. You know, he, he kind of seems like he has a screw loose a little bit, um, and I really love Michael Keaton's Batman. So maybe this is going to be sort of, um, you know, vaguely akin to that performance, or or um, you know, along those lines in some way.
2: Yeah, I hope it's more like that and not like. Even though I don't think Ben Affleck's Batman was bad, I don't. I really hope that they're not going for like the Batman in Batman v Superman, who's like, just like a full-blown <laughs> maniac, who's like branding people and stuff like Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that again. Like, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, there's always this thing with Batman where he, I don't know, it,
0: it's tough to, I mean, I, I'm sure it's different in the comics where you can flesh the character out a little bit more, but in the movies, it seems like a lot of times Batman is just like this blank slate and, and doesn't it's like that's a huge part of his character. This blankness, this like um, ability to turn off emotion and um, and you know bounce back and forth between these two personalities, that these dual personalities that he has. And I'm wondering if this uh these statements from Pattinson indicate that maybe we're going to get something that has a little bit more soul behind it than like Ben Affleck's character is a good example like I just when I think of his Batman I just think of like a mad person like an angry person but there wasn't much emotion in that performance and in, in his uh I don't know as far as I could see anyway I don't know what do you guys think about that
2: I mean, anger is an emotion, so there's
0: that. (laughs) I mean, I I guess there wasn't much soul. There wasn't much um, reflection or anything other than anger, really.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, All right, let's talk about,
0: okay, let's play a game of uh, Hollywood Mad Libs here for this next headline, which is that a new Barney movie is in the works um brad fill in the the mad libs aspect what that that alone would be like okay run-of-the-mill news but the (laughs) the person who's associated with this is the thing that sort of turned my head when i read this news
3: yeah this is definitely the weirdest news we've heard uh in a while Uh, everybody remembers barney uh big old purple dinosaur tyrannosaurus rex came to life because of kids imaginations taught them lessons about friendship and just how to be a good kid Made famous, the song, the I love you, you love me, all that stuff. Uh, well, Barney's been off the air for, since 2009, uh, but apparently the time is ripe for Barney to make a comeback uh, because Mattel Films and Get Out star Daniel Kaluuya are teaming up to produce a new live action Barney movie. Uh, yeah, so this is quite the <laughs> the weird situation. And even weirder is Daniel Kaluuya's quote about it, which makes this movie sound almost ominous? Because he says, quote, Barney was a ubiquitous figure in many of our childhoods. Then he disappeared into the shadows, left misunderstood. We're excited to explore this compelling modern-day hero and see if his message of I love you, you love me can stand the test of time. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how they're going to test that or how misunderstood Barney was uh, when he left the air, but this is something that we're apparently going to get. I'm. I'm picturing some weird, gritty reboot of Barney where they like put him in front of the worst people. And they're like, let's see if you can love a serial killer. Barney
0: is Barney Batman. Now is that what's happening? <laughs> like,
3: maybe, maybe yeah. Barney will be Joker.
0: <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have the same color scheme. I think from
3: that's very, that's very true. <laughs> uh, what
0: were you going to say, Chris?
2: I was going to say like this set, I said this earlier and I think our Slack, like this sounds like the dark Knight rises where, Daniel Kaluuya is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, and Barney is Batman. And it's like, if this movie is that, where Barney trains Daniel Kaluuya to be the new Batman, I will absolutely see that. The new Barney, the rather.
1: Mask of Zorro as Barney.
2: Yeah. It's like, it's like that whole, yeah. Barney's like really weary, and he's just been living in his mansion for years. Growing a big beard. <laughs> he's, the,
3: he's the imaginary dinosaur we deserve, but not the yeah. one we need right
0: now. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm disappointed because I feel like all like this this conversation about it is going to be more fun than the actual movie is. But I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll have something the a totally wild take on Barney. So, uh, yes, hopefully we get the one that we need right now. Um, uh, Chris, talk about uh, Black Adam. This is a movie that a superhero movie that's been in the works or or at least discussed for a long long time and we got a a new update about this film
2: right so uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been involved with the character of Black Adam since at least 2007 Um, at the time uh, the plan was for Black Adam to appear in the first Shazam movie because Black Adam is traditionally a Shazam villain and when they finally got around to making the shazam movie even though dwayne johnson was still committed to playing black adam the character didn't show up in shazam um now there it's it looks like they're finally making the standalone black adam movie uh and it's gonna start shooting at least according to the rock in july of 2020 um so this is like sort of one of those, like I'll believe it when it happens things, just because like this has been going on for so long. It seems weird that it's just taken this long to get off the ground, but it looks like they are, you know, finally going to make this happen. And I guess eventually this will lead to some sort of team up where Shazam and black Adam finally come face to face. I don't know if that's going to happen in Shazam too. I don't know you know, when that'll happen, but I'm guessing that's where this is leading.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess he doesn't specify if this is necessarily going to be the Black Adam solo movie or if he's just going to appear in Shazam 2. Is is it clear there? Because, I don't know. I I actually didn't think of
2: that, but... Yeah, because this whole thing is based on some... um, Like a sculptor online made a sculpt of uh, Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam and he tagged The Rock in the tweet and the rock retweeted this guy's tweet and said, I've been with this project for over 10 years. Production begins this July, but he didn't specify if it's the black Adam movie or the Shazam sequel, but I'm assuming it's the black Adam standalone movie. Cause I don't even know if like, I know Shazam two has been greenlit, but I don't know when they're starting production on that. So I I, I don't know. It's very straight. It's a, it's sort of like a weird, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) um brad do you think that i mean
0: okay so i assume because dwayne johnson is saying specifically production begins this july he knows what he's talking about he's one of the busiest people in hollywood he has to map out his schedule and and lock things in you know months and months in advance so i'm i don't doubt that this is actually going to happen regardless of what actual movie this is the question is are you excited about seeing him as this character after more than 10 years of him talking it up? Or is like, has the appeal completely dissipated because the, you know, the, the hype cycle has been so long?
3: No, no, I'm definitely interested, if only because I think seeing Dwayne Johnson as, as Black Adam will be very cool. I think a lot of people have wanted to see Dwayne Johnson in a superhero role like this. Uh, as somebody who really enjoyed Shazam, I'm very excited about the prospect of seeing these two characters uh, square off with each other but again as as confident as we uh, appear to be about this actually happening let's not forget that Dwayne Johnson did say this, something similar last year or, sorry, or in 2018 rather saying that he was anticipating that Black Adam would start production in 2019 hmm. uh, and, and that's clearly not happening so that's that's something that's happened on and off um, but it's either way it seems like this will be the, the solo black adam movie and not the shazam sequel okay um and so it would be the the movie after that would likely whether um that's shazam 2 or something that is explicitly made to be uh, a movie where they meet each other uh like a batman versus superman kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh then you know Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay. All
0: right, let's move to our last news item of the day, and that is that China has canceled the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Quentin Tarantino's most recent movie, over the Bruce Lee scene, which sort of um, drummed up some controversy earlier this year when the movie originally came out. HT, what's happening here?
1: So the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was set to release in China on October 25th, but the Beijing regulators have pulled the film just a week before it was set to hit theaters. And while there have been no official reason that's been given, um, it the, re- the sources to The Hollywood Reporter have said that this has to do with the Bruce Lee scene and how the Hollywood icon was depicted. Um, According to The Hollywood Reporter, Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee, who has been very vocal in her disapproval of the depiction of her father, actually made a direct appeal to China China's national film administration, asking that demand changes to her father's portrayal. So this is um, it's not official that the Bruce Lee scene has been uh, deemed the reason for this polling, but it seems to be the case here.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I, I think we talked a lot about this scene um, earlier this summer when the movie came out. So we don't necessarily have to rehash those same talking points. But um, and I want to make clear that I am like uh, um, empathetic to people who don't love that scene and and um, are uh, not thrilled with the way that that character is portrayed in this movie. At the same time, though, um, to take a Peter phrase and play devil's advocate for a second. Isn't it kind of a, kind of a, for lack of a fr- better phrase, like kind of a dick move for Shannon Lee to go directly to China and like ask them to force Tarantino to make changes to his movie? Like, um, I don't, I don't know. I I read that and was kind of like, huh? Like, that's the that's the play here. That's her end game is to go to a, a rival government where I don't know. It just it struck me as odd. What do you make of this decision, H D?
1: well the scene for me is not my favorite I think that it's one of the few stumbles that this movie makes but um, the polarizing discussion around it that being said like setting that aside I do think that this move comes at a strange time for China and Hollywood's uh, relations because it is a very politically tense and ten and tenuous time the in China at the moment. Yeah,
0: there's this whole and thing with the NBA and South Park is, yeah. has been banned in the country because they're talking exactly. about, yeah, like pointing at all the authoritarian decisions and, and things that are going on right now. So there's a lot happening, yes, but between Hollywood and China, just to sort of give people some context in case they've been blind to what's happening right now
1: exactly um, but it also, it's also not Tarantino's first brush with uh, China's censors in 2012 his uh, Django and chain was set to have a proper release there as well and was similarly pulled right before the film's release over the depiction of graphic violence um, so it might not it's not solely like politically motivated of course but um, it is a little bit I don't know of a yeah, it's kind of an iffy move on Shane and Lee's part.
0: So you mentioned in the piece that um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has made $366 million worldwide to date. And I saw this uh, piece in uh, this little excerpt from a, a Deadline article that essentially says in order for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to break even, it has to make over $400 million at the worldwide box office, even though it just cost somewhere between 90 and $96 million dollars to make. Because of the way that the uh, back end and all of that stuff has been structured, like a certain percentage of the first dollar grosses goes to Tarantino, goes to DiCaprio, and goes to Brad Pitt. So this movie has to make a lot more than what a traditional movie would have to make in order to break even. And a China release is a big part of how all these major Hollywood movies can you know get themselves over that hump and and make that extra money so the fact that this movie is being pulled from china is kind of a big deal i mean it sounds like for for a lot of us like once upon a time in hollywood uh, kind of came and went and i'm sure it'll come back again as the oscar conversation ramps up but it's not really a movie that i've been thinking about a lot but i know that the people who who made it are thinking about it because they've been watching this box office stuff really closely to see if this movie is going to break even for them and and pulling it from china is a, a big deal um because now i guess that's in danger it's it's possibly not going to break even at this point so um we'll have to see and and you know there's always the chance that they could put it back in sony could put it back in theaters for oscar um you know if somebody gets nominated or if the movie gets nominated for best picture or anything like that and and maybe they could sort of chip away at it and and try to uh to meet their goal that way but um brad chris what do you guys think about this
2: I I do have a feeling that Sony is planning something with this because they have not announced like a blue Blu-ray release yet, which is really weird because by now we should have like heard about that. Mm. So I do think Sony is planning some sort of like re-release and that's the only reason they haven't announced Blu-ray slash digital yet. Just because by now we really should have heard something. I find it very very odd that we haven't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Brad, do you have any thoughts about uh, China pulling the release of this movie over this scene? Or potentially over this scene, even though we haven't officially heard that that's why it is? Uh,
3: you know, I know it's a bold statement, but, like, I'm really sick of China just get, getting all up in our, our business about all the <laughs> <laughs> all, all the stuff with like the NBA and South Park and just all the problems we've had with having to censor movies just because studios want to have, you know, big box office and fans in China and stuff like that. And, like, really, I don't know if I should be more mad at china or more mad at you know the various corp- american corporations that are just uh you know bowing down to to china and being like oh we're so sorry we'll do everything we can to help your oppressive government continue to keep its people censored from all this sensitive content right
0: yeah it's a it's a tough situation man and it's like you know i i, I on one hand i feel the same way like i i sort of roll my eyes at sony like come on guys are you're, you're you know, this is a if they're even considering like making cuts to this in order to um, get this movie released over there, it's kind of an eye-rolling type of situation. But you know, this has been a situation in Hollywood for years where people have had to like bank on um, the idea of the Chinese box office coming in to to help them out and and break even again. So it's a weird a weird time in the industry right now. I guess is all that can be said, but uh i think that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of the show uh, and, and this yeah this week's batch of episodes in today's episode in particular um let's tell people where they can find more of our work online uh ht let's start with you
1: you can find me writing every day at slashfilm.com and i'm on twitter at htranbui. uh
0: chris uh
2: slashfilm.com twitter see evangelista 413
1: brad
3: Always on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderson, Always on SlashFilm.com. And of course, my podcast, Go Flicks Yourself, available on iTunes and other podcasting platforms.
0: You can find me writing at SlashFilm.com as well. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears. And you can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcast, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at And make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we will talk to you on Monday.